This show is brought to you by Female Alliance Media, by women, for women. Hello, and welcome to the Say It Out Loud podcast. I am your host, Christine Daynard, and the goal of this podcast is to encourage you to live your best and most authentic life by digging deeper and finding connection through vulnerability. I believe we have been taught that vulnerability is a weakness when in fact it is our superpower. In this space, I will share personal stories and conversations with others so you can be empowered by their strength and inspired to take action in your own life. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get started. Well, hello and welcome back to the Say It Out Loud podcast with me, Christine D. I am thrilled to introduce you to my guest today, somebody who uh, does things differently, which is what this podcast is all about. And I am going to ask you, as I've asked before, for you to lean in with an open mind and an open heart into this conversation, because what we're going to talk about today is something that not everybody is in tune with. And I know that I have had some former beliefs and things that I have brought into my life in the past that prevented me from considering or looking at different options or believing in different things. And so when I've opened my mind and heart to things, it has really opened up a world of possibilities. And I invite you to do the same thing. Pick up what you want, leave what you want, but keep an open mind. Well, with that said, I want to introduce you to my guest today, Jules Hare. Jules, welcome to the show. I am so absolutely delighted to be here, Christine, for so many reasons, which hopefully I will cover throughout the entire time we're together. (laughs) Yes, well, I am so excited. um, And I have told so many people about the work that you and I have done together. I have had so many one-on-one conversations because literally it has changed my life. And um, I want you to start by telling our guests what you do, sort of like, because what do you call yourself? I've actually never really asked you that question. What do you refer to yourself as, you know, in the business world? Hi, I'm Jules Hare and I do X, Y, Z. And, and what does that mean? Give us, just give us an overview of what it is that you do and what it means. <sighs> yeah. In the business world, uh, the elevator pitch. I will uh, throw it to you because it's magical. I I get it. The importance of the distilled truth delivered in a small package, right? Um, So again, my name is Jules Hare, obviously. Uh, I would call myself an intuitive mentor and embodiment or embodied leadership coach. And obviously that title is continuously changing. Uh, But I help people discover and develop uh, their intuition and uh, fully come into connection with the language of their own body. And I do that through imagination and play. And I help people reprogram and reformat their relationship with their body through curiosity and compassion play. I'm going to say play again, because play is so powerful. And I love to do this. I've been doing this for 30 years. And in the past, I would have called myself a cranial sacral therapist, because I started doing this when I was 10, when my mom took all of her courses from Dr. John Upledger, who invented cranial sacral here in North America. And that has been the beginning of recognizing that when you bring somebody back into alignment with their intuitive, uh, connected, embodied self, that phenomenal things happen. And I've got to bear witness to it for the last 30 years. And in being able to see that change, that transformation in someone, and also seeing the, the transformation, the inspirational shift it makes in everybody around them who's willing to feel and be there uh, to witness that same shift in themselves. It's, it makes an exponential benefit to everybody around them. And that's what keeps me continuously in awe and passionate about being able to provide this facilitation for people. Yeah. And I have to say the work that I did with you, when I talk to people, I say, you know, I know it's not magic, but it feels magical. (laughs) That's how I always describe it. And I always say that, um, you know, I'm a big person, like fun for me is like one of my top values. I talk about that a lot in the show. And I just, I use that word a lot in my life and play is very directly connected to fun 
right? I mean, those two things go together. And it's interesting to me that as adults, you know, we grow up and we're told that we have to grow up already and get serious in life. And, you know, at what, 17 years old, we're choosing what we want to do for the rest of our life and what we're going to take in school. And like, there's all of these things that society has created for us. I, I always say it's like, they've trapped us in this box of what these expectations are and what we're supposed to do. And until I did the work with you, I didn't realize how trapped I was in the confines of the box of society. I could feel it, I knew they were there, but I didn't realize the depth of control that it had over the decisions that I was making and the way that I was moving about in the world. And that work with you has really unlocked that for me. It has been like, I think, I don't even know if you used the word, I think you did, but it's been very, very transformational. I feel like a different version of myself. Uh, and uh, I love the way you describe it, Christine, that the boxes, because I mean, we all have them. I have them too. Uh, they're confining and they're also supportive and safe, right? So there's that, that fine balance between having a boundary that you feel safe in versus uh, trying to grow out of something and realizing that, that that boundary or that safety is now confining or constrictive. And that's exactly it is that we are not humans that are meant to get to a certain point, like, like culturally, how we're told societally that we're supposed to, uh, you know, get to this point where we have kids and then we have the white picket fence, the house, et cetera. And then, uh, and then we get to retirement and then we, you know, then we enjoy retirement. It's like, well, wait a second, we're growing the entire time. All of those things are happening. And if we stay stuck in the boxes, then we're going to be really uncomfortable as we grow. Versus if we recognize and grow with and through and uh, in collaboration with these boxes, uh, it takes a fair amount of energy, though, and awareness to recognize those boxes as they come up. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And <clears throat> I mean, I've always been a... <laughs> a bit of a rebel. I don't do things like I'm supposed to do, you know, and that word comes up a lot for me and it's, you know, well, you and I've worked together. So, you know, that I'm very tuned into words. So I find that uh, at this time in my life, every time I hear the word should have to must, like it literally sends the hair on the back of my neck up. Like I, <laughs> like no like I will not conform <laughs> and so I feel like I was already doing some of that work before you and I worked together and then now it's just it's like this I don't even have a word for it. it it is just so loud to me when those words are being used and so I am loving leaning into more of who I was meant to be and this more or this authentic version of myself who is less afraid, who is more confident, who doesn't get inside their head and overthink things. You know, these are, this is the place where I, we all get trapped, right? We all get trapped in our head because our head is that safety zone and our head tells us, you know, we got to keep you safe. And, but what it doesn't recognize is the world that we're living in now doesn't need to keep us safe from all these things that are going to help us grow. Right. So mm -hmm. it's like challenging that element of the way that we've sort of been taught to look at the world and be in the world to undo some of that, unravel it, I guess you would say. <clears throat> I like so, the idea of unfurling. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. So I'm curious, you know, because when you first introduced and you said, you know, I've been doing this for 30 years, and then you said you started when you were 10 years old. So you need to tell people how that's possible and what has happened, because most of us have not been working since we were 10. Actually, that's not true. I had a paper route when I was 10. So, but that was very different than the kind of work that you're doing. So I'm curious, um, sort of, I mean, this is a big question. So, so take from this what you want. So I don't even know how to condense it. It's like, how did you know that this was something that you could do? How did you tap into it? How did you learn about it? And, you know, how did you sort of like practice that muscle? How did you grow that spiritual muscle that you were able to help people in the way that you do today? Yeah, uh, it, it's interesting. As you get older, you start to uh, harvest more 
of your past in different ways, right? So I often get asked this question and the more I answer it, the more I learn about it as well. Cause just like yourself, I'm an external processor. Uh, but I mean, it won't surprise you as a 10 year old that I was not limited in my imagination. I'd say like from that age of like, you know, six to 10 is like the optimal kid age. I specialize in pediatrics. I work with kids like, yeah, endlessly. If I could work with kids all the time. Well, I do. I just work with inner children. <laughs> uh, kids, kids are my favorite, whether they're inner children or, you know, or kids or babies. Um, but as kids, you have an infinite amount of imagination and nothing is restrictive. You see the boxes, uh, but they seem ridiculous to you when you're like, why won't my mom just like do whatever she wants to, or why won't, why isn't my dad just you know, not being the fun dad that I know? Why is he being that version of himself? This is weird, right? Oh, adults are weird. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually reading something I'd written in a journal last night about that. Like it was going to be a book and half the book was for adults and the other half of the book was for kids. And the part that was for kids was like, Hey, you know, you know that adults are kind of stuck and uh, you're not stuck yet. And you need to remember that you're here to help those adults. Uh, remember not, you know, how not to be stuck. <laughs> right. That's so powerful yeah. in itself, though. It's so true because we do get stuck. Like people stop playing, right? Because it seems, and- it seems like immature. It's like we're told that it's it's silly and immature and we're judged if we play as grownups, like we're somehow less than, but it's it's actually the opposite. <laughs> there's so much power. It's almost like if you were to believe there's some like bigger power that's trying to take power away from people, it's part of them would be saying you can't play anymore and you can't follow your heart. Like, oh, okay, we're not supposed to do that. We won't do that. But then, but then this amazing potent play space of power and potential is then closed off, door closed, done. You're past a certain age. You're not allowed to play anymore. No, you need to do this certain thing versus kids are like, that's ridiculous. Like, like if you would learn so much and even inner children, when you tap back into inner children, a lot of the times the kids bring you back to a place and people are surprised. They think it's always going to come to a wounded child. Like, Oh, this, this is actually a really great memory where I'm actually like completely free and I'm doing that thing I love to do. I'm like, okay, well, there's a reason your inner child is pulling you back to this. Uh, is this a familiar feeling in your life right now? No, I haven't felt like that, like probably since then, right? <laughs> so I, I digress in this story, but also want to pull it all together. And the fact that when I was 10, my mom started taking all of these courses from Dr. John Upledger, who you know was the founder of the Upledger Institute for Cranial Sacral Therapy. And so she would come home and be excited because obviously she just, she just got back from a class and she's in awe and, you know, practicing all the things. And she'd show me all these techniques. And we had, she had a client, um, clients in and out of our house all the time because we had a clinic at our house growing up. And so after school, uh, she'd say, Hey, Jules, I'd say, Hey, she'd say, do you want to come in and help me? You know, Sally's on the table or whatever. I'm like, okay, cool. And so I'd like pull in their legs. She said, Oh, if you could just hold them and ground them. And I said, yeah, but it's not actually there. I can feel it up in their like left kidney. And she's like, okay, you go there and I'll just go to the base of their cranium. And so it would just be listening, just like a kid with pure curiosity. I've got an imagination and have continued to always have an imagination. It's very visual and sensory. Like I, I tell kids, uh, I, I know how to listen through my fingers and see through my fingers as well. And they always like get a good blast out of that, depending on their age. They're like, really? How do you do that? That's awesome. Or, you know, if they're a teenager, they're like, mm, I don't know. I think you're full of shit. Uh, I don't know about you. <laughs> Anyways, but the, the best part is no matter what, um, I've taken that kid-based uh, reality of play and imagination. And as long as I'm completely comfortable with being silly and playful and ridiculous, and there really is a true environment and experience of being trustworthy and being um, completely non-judgmental, then people have no issue being playful with me, especially if it's in a safe setting and it's just the two of us. Nobody else is watching. 
they can be as far out and crazy uh, with their imagination and what's showing up. The more I'm just there to witness it and hold space for it, the more they let themselves play. And it's in that beautiful play space. I often say it's like, um, it's like taking the back door. So if you were to go into uh, wanting to go into a bar, like a really high end bar and there's like security and you're like, oh my goodness, like, I don't even know if we're going to get in. There's like three layers of security. Well, think of that as being like your brain when you're trying to actually access anything subconsciously. It's like there's so many layers of security and you're trying to go through the front door. Good luck. Right. It's going to take a while um, if you do get in in the end anyways. But if you pretend that you are a waitress or a waiter, a bartender, you dress up in a different outfit, you go in through the back door uh, and you play the part, uh, you're in and you're experiencing it from an entirely different way. And that's how I describe when you go in through the, uh, through the form of play. You can use sound, you can use play, imagination. I know uh, a good friend of mine uses like Joel Brubaker uses puppets right? Like you can get to that via any form of play. Another good friend of mine uses improv and she works with executives using improv. Um, and really your brain uh, can't quite register that, uh, that sense is being made. It, it, it can't assign meaning to it. So it can't help but just let the security down and allow for an entirely different orientation of a space that it very rarely orients itself in that way. So it becomes a novel experience. And that's why it's so transformational because the transformation happens or the, the brain learns by noticing differences. And when the brain's just there to notice versus put things in categories, it can't put things in categories that make no sense. So it's just there to observe and then register differences. And that's when you've got your brain doing the most optimal thing that it could possibly do and you're allowing the pure potential of your heart to fully take up the space and, and do what it does best. And that is like multidimensional, multi-sensory experience, like deep presence. You know, as you're describing that, I'm thinking <laughs> in the world, it's like, okay, you're going to learn this thing and here's how you're going to learn it. And here's the expectations and how you're going to learn it. And if you don't meet this mark, and if you don't do this thing, you know, it, it, we're, we're put into these boxes all the time. And what you just described is literally just taking away all expectation. There is no right or wrong answer. There is no right or wrong way to do this. No one's here watching you. No, no other people are in the sidelines kind of snickering at the fact that you're doing it wrong. Right. And you're just allowed to eliminate all of those lines that we've created in the society, right? <laughs> like, just, brain is like, oh, so crazy. And um, I just think it's so beautiful that you're able to do that. So I think the first question is, and I actually, interestingly enough, I had an interview more recently with somebody who is a psychic and a medium. And she was telling me that, you know, it's all energy. And when we're children, we are of course, because we don't have those lines, we don't have those um, expectations on us that we do as adults, that we tend to be more in touch with energy, play, our spirituality, even though we probably wouldn't call it that, right? We wouldn't know to call it that, but that we're just more in tune. And then as we go through our life, we sort of block it out because again, all of these boxes come in, right? And, and we're forced into these boxes. And then we forget about what it was like to be over there and playing and having fun. So in this realm and how you do this work, how have you been able to stay in touch with that? Is it just practicing that muscle from 10, from a young age, using imagination and just leaning into play that you've been able to continually do that? Like, talk to me a little bit about how you're able to, mm, I don't even know how to ask that question. It's like, cause I think people are curious, you know, it's like you, you want to become a doctor. So in order to become a doctor, you go to school. There's like this prescribed, 
funny word to use, but there's this prescribed path that you take to become a doctor. You go to school, you get these grades, you go into like practicum where you have to be in the hospital doing the work, you know, and then eventually you get out and you do the job, right? So it's practice on skills and alumerization and knowing the pieces of the body. And what you're doing is I actually a version of the same thing. It's just, it's not um, theoretical, it's energy. So you know how I, what I do, do you understand where I'm going with this? It's like, we get, we have this idea that in order to do what it is that we're here to do in the world, that it has to, again, <laughs> come from a box. It's like, okay, I want to be that thing. So I have to do those things. And what you're doing is so much more intuitive, right? It's not, yes, mm -hmm. there's learnings. It, absolutely. Yes. You, you know, you, I'm sure continue to take courses and tap into different um, modalities or different ways that you can reach people, help people, you know, connect with people. Um, but it's a very different path than the traditional path, I think is where I'm going with this. So how have you been able to continue to tap into this skill? Because to me, it is, it is like a skill, but it's a playful skill. It's just not a skill like what we have learned in the world to be a skill. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, I, I hear you. And it is very hard to put words to because like, <laughs> like you, you know, you just experienced and like I say to my clients, words suck when it comes to describing things, especially when you're at the depth of like being fully present in your experience. Um, so when I would describe how I have continued to build up that, that ninja skill of being aware and you know recognizing and break down that word, recognizing, right? Like bringing it back with the brain uh, is through practice of being able to hold space for people. I would say that that's like my biggest practice is when I'm, when I'm working with people uh, and I've taught this when I've been teacher's assistant for courses, when I've taught courses myself, the most important thing you can possibly do is be self-aware, be able to recognize, and I can say with our work together, uh, Christine, you were able to recognize, oh, that's not the word that I want to use. I want to change to this word, right? Um, being able to recognize, recognize, oh, I, I just put this judgment on someone without realizing it, right? I'm treating this minister. Oh, I have a preconceived notion in my head of the words that I need to use because of the box that I assume that they're in. Oh, Jules right? Here's something that you need to remember, right? Kid-like imagination, curiosity, no judgment. So I've practiced every time I caught myself acknowledging a box and starting to conform to it, going, whoa, okay, judgment, right? Very aware that you're assuming something based on this situation, right? Based on the fact that this person has a sprained ankle, I should go to their ankle first. Whoa, there's an assumption. Their body is an entirely, uh, an entire T unto itself. This living system, it's shown up as, as this uh, very physiological um, uh, manifestation of something in the ankle. But is that really what we need to look at first? Oh, tuning into the body and going, oh, no, no, the loudest thing right now is right through their third eye or the loudest thing happening, it's weird, is right in their gut. And following intuition uh, versus the brain. And that has been a continual process. And I'm not going to say that I'm, that I'm a master at it. I've had lots of practice at it, uh, but it still, it still floors me. Like every once in a while, I get somebody who comes in and I know that they have some really deep sexual abuse trauma. And so I go, okay, sexual abuse trauma. Like, oh, we need to make sure we do this, Jules. It's like, Jules, um, remember, and you notice I talk to myself in first person a lot. Like, hey, Jules, <laughs> um, is that really what they need? Or is that just what you think that they need? Oh, right. I had a long conversation with their counselor. And so that's what I thought that they needed. Ah, again, it continuously comes back to reverence. For the body and showing love and um, honoring the wisdom of the body first. 
Because if at any time I assume that I know what's happening, no being the word, right? I think, I know, right? When you can catch yourself using those words, even in your imagination, you know that you're projecting some sort of box onto them. And as soon as you're projecting a box, you're not fully present to listen to what their body is trying to show you. And therefore you're not honoring their wisdom. And that is the most critical and important piece is that your judgment is not getting in the way of listening. Because if you can listen purely with your heart, then you can get right at the root of what wants to be seen. The, what their body is whispering or screaming is going to be right there. But it, it takes work and yin work versus like yang work of doing. It takes the yin work of deeply listening and, and being present to actually be there without judgment, to almost like push through all the veils of judgment and criticism. And it's mostly my own versus theirs, because theirs, as long as I'm honoring their body, their judgment, if it needs to show up, it'll show up. Um, but it's my judgment that is paramount to that experience. Hmm. That's so powerful because I feel like in the world today, so many of us are going through our day and taking in everything that's around us, right? People are telling, and I've experienced this and lived this, whereas like, I, I believe certain things about myself because I've listened to what other people out there have said about me and coming to realize that their opinion doesn't really matter, right? Because my opinion should matter more than anybody else's. My opinion of me is more important than anybody else's opinion of me, but that we're sort of unconsciously running around in the world, projectile vomiting our emotions on people, not even realizing that's what's happening. Right. And then mm -hmm. we wonder why, like, cause right now it's, I, I mean, I have often referred to myself as an empathic person. So I can walk into a room and I feel the energy of the space. But when I was younger, I couldn't put my finger on it. I thought it was me. But then as I've gotten older and grown more wisdom and have more understanding, I understand that it's not me. It, there's energy in the room and I can feel it, right? Which it's funny, as you, the more you talk about playfulness, I'm like, huh, I wonder if I've been able to stay more in tune with that than the average person because I've often play and fun is so important to me, right? It's like this... <laughs> It's like this need I have. Fountain of youth. <laughs> it seriously is. And it's funny because people say to me all the time, oh, you don't look 47. I'm like, well, thank you. You know, but I think that part of that is I don't present as a 47. I don't, like for me, age is just a number. Yes, my body might be telling me some days that I'm a little older or that I am my age, air quotes, but I don't, in, like, I don't feel a certain age. I feel like I've grown wisdom but I don't feel like I'm 47, <laughs> you know? And um, there was something else that you said there that I thought was really interesting and I wanted to come back to it. And of course, you know, this is how the brain works, right? Like I tried to remember something that we were talking about and now I'm like, oh, I don't remember that thing. So, you know what, I'm going to trust that it's going to come back if it's meant to be a part of our conversation. Um, but, you know, I want to just, I guess one of, one of the things that I wanted to ask is, um, what are some of the, like, I know for me, since I worked with you, let's start there. I worked with you for six months. You were offering, I think you're still offering this six month container where we work together as an, you're my intuitive coach and you helped me, basically you helped me to um, get out of the head and this constant spinning out of control that I was doing in my head and helped me to alleviate that stress of thinking and what was causing me anxiety and what was causing me to not be able to make good decisions. It was preventing me from living a good life and feeling good because I was so trapped in what was going on in my head. And for me, this was a fairly foreign thing, right? Cause I had been, I feel like more heart centered in my past. And then the world got shit on all over the place when we had this pandemic. <laughs> right? We have this pandemic and everything's upside down. I always tell people, I'm like, have you ever seen Stranger Things? We are living in the upside down, <laughs> right? So it's like, it's like, how do you get yourself back to the right side up? But it's really not even there. It's like somewhere in between. But um, so as a result of the pandemic and all the things that I had experienced, 
I had gone into a space of fear. I was and I couldn't make decisions because I was afraid that I would make the wrong one. I was afraid I didn't have the skills or the ability or whatever. And I was afraid, what are people going to think if I close my business? What are people going to think if I do all these things? And I was so trapped in my head. And the beauty of working with you, and I'll, and I'll you know preface this for the listeners because Jules and I have talked about this. So she knows that I'm probably going to say this. But I, when I came into working with Jules, I did not really know what I was getting into. And I'll, I'll say this, I mean that I saw this post on Facebook. So back it up, back it up for a second. I had asked the universe, okay, universe, I need some guidance and help because what is happening right now is not me. This is not who I am. This is not how I respond in the world. Something has really shifted in me and I need to find a way to get back to who I am or even a better version of that. So some signals for me and just for our listeners, just so maybe you can find yourself or recognize yourself in some of this is that I found myself again, overthinking everything, couldn't make decisions, was constantly doing, 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 doing to try to make things work. Wasn't listening to the signals. So things weren't working out. They weren't coming together. Nothing was working and I couldn't everything. And I, and then I just kept trying harder and harder to make that thing work, which caused more and more stress in my body, in my head, everywhere. And it was affecting everything, my relationships, my experience and quality of life, um, my sleep, it was affecting everything. So I think it's important to say that because I, I think that, um, or I'm like feeling that, that me bringing my experience into this conversation is helpful for people to connect the dots on how this experience might help them and how much work we all have to do to come home to ourselves after being especially involved in these last few years of insanity, <laughs> quite frankly, but even before then, right? It was happening before then. It's just like the pandemic, like brought everything oozing to the surface. So I knew that I needed some help. I knew that I couldn't help. I couldn't guide myself out of it. And, and just to say, I think we all need help. There are times in our lives, we especially need more help than others. But if anyone is listening to this and you're walking around thinking I can help myself and read all the books and do all the things on my own, no, you cannot. <laughs> because we are not objective about ourselves. We cannot pull ourselves out of our belief system. It takes somebody else to help us do that. And when I started, when I went like, I, and I'm doing a lot of the talking here. Sorry, Jules. I, I, I will <laughs> no be back in in a second, but I'm just trying to paint a picture of the experience because this is what I do, right? Like I have experiences and I share them with people and I, it's so relevant in this conversation because we work together and I feel like it will really help people understand how you could help them, you know, is that I remember saying to the universe, universe, I need someone to help guide me through this because I am stuck and I can't get out of the space. And like the next day I've told Jules this, the next day I see her post pop up on Facebook that basically describes this six month intuitive coaching, um, you know, container that she's offering and everything that she said in it. I was like, oh, this is it. Right. I was like, this is it. This is the sign. So I called her right away and I was like, sign me up for your like 45 minute call because I wanted to learn more about this. I want to understand. So I started all of this story by saying, you know, I didn't know what I was getting into. And even in that moment, honestly, I was just following my intuition. I was like, Hey universe, I'm stuck. I need help. Boom. There's Jules's. And there was something just very natural, easy going about Jules. Like you can probably hear in her voice as we're speaking, like she's so chill and down to earth literally is a part of the earth. I feel like, and um, so I signed up for her six month container and then our very first session, I remember thinking in my head, of course, cause that's where I was trapped. I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> what, the fuck is, <laughs> what the fuck did I just sign up for? <laughs> and my brain's like, this is crazy. Um, she's calling in my spirits like what, what what why are we talking about spirits this is about me that what like but like my brain just was was trying to take over and and again put it in a container help me understand put it in a box what is this thing How, where does this fit and it actually didn't fit anywhere and it wasn't until I fully surrendered to the to the whole thing I just had to surrender to the process and go and in my head I was like Christine just do this thing because it's going to help you feel better. So just lean in. And when I leaned in and I surrendered and just allowed you 
to help me. <laughs> like magical things started to happen and shift inside of me. And I can say with, you know, full confidence that I, I am not the same person I was when I came in to start talking with you. And not only have I felt it, but I've had people around me say, like, you are lit up. Like there is a huge difference in you. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. And I can feel it. I am me again. I'm back home. Right. So mm -hmm. I, I just wanted to share that because I feel like so many of us need something and we're not really sure we can't put our finger on it. And we're looking for a box to put our finger on and say, Oh, that's what I need. Oh, that's what I need. Oh, that's what I need. And the truth is that through the sessions with you, I was actually able to tap into me. It was less about what you had to offer me, although through your guidance, you were able to offer this to me, but that you helped open up parts of me and the answers were all inside of me. And it was the most beautiful and again, the words always stump me when I tried to explain how this makes you feel, but to no longer feel trapped in your emotions of the shit that you've been holding on to for a really long time or the things that have come into your life, the difference that it makes is incredible. And, you know, I think uh, before earlier, you were saying something about, you know, you're always practicing and that you're not a master. And I think that we all find, or many of us think that we're going to do this thing and then I'm going to be fixed and healed. And then I'm going to move on and life is going to go on. And I remember working with you. And at one point you said something really honest and vulnerable. And I was like, like she's not perfect either, you know, and that we have this idea that we have to be perfect, but perfection doesn't exist. And that when we just honor what's going on with ourselves and we stop looking outside of ourselves for answers, we become much more comfortable with that. And, and you're doing the same every day is a practice, right? It's like yoga. You start doing yoga <laughs> at first you don't bend that way, right? And then eventually your body gets better at bending that way and you get stronger at it and you keep practicing and, and it's a practice. That's why it's called a practice. And I know I completely just took over our podcast interview, but I felt like that was really important to share. It just came to me. I was like, I need to share how I felt in this and how people can maybe relate to how I felt getting your help because that's what you do for people. No, it's a, it's super powerful because having your story and be so clear and so well articulated, like this is where I am, this is, or this is where I was and I'm a completely different person. And, you know, this six month container was a new thing for me. In fact, that first post that you saw, that was me like fully stepping into my own power in my next way. I had been doing, you know, like I said, cranial sacral therapy, for 30 years, professionally for 20 in Kitchener-Waterloo before we moved here to uh, New Brunswick. And the, the big shift for me was I've been working with people one-on-one -on -one for a long time, like once a month, once every three months, uh, once every two weeks, but to actually hold a container uh, where it, once you committed, and once you committed, Christine, one of my first... Uh, program um, commitments. Once you committed, I was committed to holding you in that space. So no matter what, no matter how much you squirmed, you imagine a small child, right? It's like just no matter how much they're squirming going, it's okay. We're going to get through this. And every part of you that would otherwise say, no, 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 I don't want to go back again, which if it was just a one-off session every once in a while, you'd say, yeah, it was kind of uncomfortable, you know, working through some of that last stuff with Jules. So, you know, I, I'm just, you know, I'll give it a couple of months. And so you, it never gets the accountability of you reinvesting your energy and attention back into it. And so I had never played with this opportunity of being able to continuously hold and reflect back, not anything that I saw, but what you committed to do for your body and then reflect it back at you. Because like you said, we are normally projecting our stuff into the world. And unless you have a really good friend or a therapist or somebody in your world who is a really clear mirror, they're projecting their shit back at you as well. And so that's where it all gets all muck, mucky is you're noticing, is this my stuff? Is there not their, my stuff? 
And most people don't even think to ask that question. So they're just all lost up and entangled in the stuff of all the people around them. And so me being able to be a really clear mirror, not just one time, but repeatedly in all directions to hold this beautiful container uh, where you are endlessly having to reconnect to your own inner wisdom to the point where you develop a rapport that you trust, that like you said, that last thing you said, the answers are inside of me. And not only do you have a glimpse of that, but you have revisited that like inner wisdom school so many times that you know that library and its smell and those books like endlessly. Mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. The nostalgia of the smell of books just does it for me every time. Um, but that, that idea, and you courageously jumped in, you didn't know what you were stepping into. Um, for 20 years in Kitchener, by the last couple of years, I had a year waiting list for new clients for the past three years living in Kitchener. And, you know, this is my story of contraction, is that then we moved out here uh, into this beautiful fishing village on the Bay of Fundy in New Brunswick, um, not really knowing why, except that intuitively it was so loud that I couldn't not follow that calling. Like, it's time for you to leave. It's not time it's not right for you to be here anymore. And I was like, what do you mean it's not right for me to be here? Like, I grew up here. I moved away. I traveled the world. I've come back. I've got the house I want. I've got a full busy practice. I love my clients. Uh, my family's happy. My kids are going to the schools that they want. Why would I possibly want to leave? Right? Like, everything is fabulous. Like, this partner that I love deeply, he also had that same instinct, like, it's time to go. And it was during the pandemic. So, you know, I wanted to acknowledge, like, is this just because this is uncomfortable right now or because there's all sorts of like, <clears throat> like, like they told us we had to stop working and why would we have to stop working? And we can't work virtually. No, not because you're a registered and regulated healthcare practitioner. I was like, whoa, all of this is weird. Is this what's wanting us to move? And at that point, it's like, no, we're just not right to be here anymore. And I was like, oh, but our community, I love our community. Oh, I, our neighborhood, everything. I loved everything about living there. And at the same time, it just felt like there was no more room to grow there. Almost like there was a box there that I was, you know, my head was trying to like push its way out of. And it was like, oh, I can't see it. But I didn't feel it. I just, just something in me knew. And so then we moved here and everything contracted. It got really, really, really slow uh, business-wise, time-wise, energy-wise. Like I was spinning my wheels, doing, doing, doing like I would in Ontario, but there's nothing to do in that way here. And so like my whole experience, like ooh, got really tight. And um, there was, I would say the moment of the biggest tension was when COVID hit the hardest. And uh, there were mandates and there were like these are we going to be forced to do something that intuitively just doesn't feel right to us? Ooh, and I remember having a, um, a session with a client, a beloved client, on the on, virtually, because a lot of my practice is virtual now. And she was uh, really upset about all of these people who were being so irresponsible by not um, getting the vaccine. And just all of the, like all of her judgment and I was holding space for it as a person who had not gotten the vaccine. Mm. And, and I was, I remember feeling it in the pit of my belly and going, Oh, this is what humanity is going through right now. And this beloved client of mine is going through her own version of this and her releasing this in the safe space that is me facilitating this safe space for her is creating so much tension in my belly that I need to be present with because this isn't about me. This is not about her. This is about what humans are going through right now and the polarity of what we're holding. And I need to just be here to listen and hold space for her well, I'm holding space for me. And I would say that was like the epitome of contraction and holding, but also knowing in myself, I could do that. I'm not opposed to anyone's choices. I'm actually just for people 
making choices that are intuitively right for them. And so there was never a polarity in me, really. There were lots of things going on in my head that were challenging. Um, but every time I tuned into my body, it felt really clear that this was, this was something that I was to be holding and learning from. And what a powerful teacher. What a powerful teacher. And not to say that I didn't swear at that teacher often, right? Or even like behind my back, behind its back, like, really? Does this really need to happen? Like, haven't I gone through enough and like the victim mode and just acknowledging all of those parts of myself, right? Going, okay, right? Like, it's really easy to drop into polarity. It's really easy to choose teams. It's not so easy to actually be present with all of the discomfort and just stay there. And that was my biggest teacher throughout that entire time. And actually speaking of it now, I have not actually publicly spoken of this challenge because it was so polarizing for so long that it felt like the work for me was holding space for the compassion of the wholeness of everybody together. Um, but it feels like the world is at a different place now where it's where it's um, a potent playground for learning, where people are actually open to being present with their discomfort or working through the things that are really like at the root that they never actually thought were there or even knew were there um, that are coming to the surface. People are stepping into their power endlessly and they want and need help doing so. Because like you said, we can't see our own blind spots. I can't see my own blind spots. I, I have mentors that I go to when I'm struggling. And there's been lots of that lately. And I've been going to them because we need each other. Mm. And uh, a good friend of mine who passed away, Duff, uh, he lived on the streets in Kitchener for a while. And, you know, anybody who is Kitchener, uh, Kitchener famous knows Duff because Duff is Kitchener famous. Um, but he would continuously uh, live that, that motto we need each other. And I have a button um, from, the, uh, from one of the walks that we did after he had passed. And it says, we need each other. And it's on my winter jacket. And there is so much importance and there's so much power in recognizing that we don't have to do this alone. And in fact, like even just through your, your experience with our mentorship container, I transformed at the same time as you were transforming and that's what made the transformation even bigger because we need each other. I was holding space for you to notice things in you, but as you're doing that, I am able to transform as well. And I have uh, another person who is doing the program for the second time. And we started up our container again yesterday and it was phenomenal, Christine. It was like beyond words there weren't words. It was so deep in the presence and the space holding that I was like, I'm not sure how to assign words to that. And she was like, yeah, like there's no words that connect to that because at that depth of level, there isn't a need to attach or anchor with your brain. You just trust. And I'm transforming again, so grateful for all of the clients I've had, especially all the kids that I've had and all the inner children that have come up to help for the past 30 years, because they have all been teachers in my learning and growing journey. And they make it possible for me to be able to hold space for all of the next uh, level of people who are going to come in. Mm. And uh, I know it's going to happen faster and I know it's going to be easier and quicker because uh, that's how fast things are shifting right now. It's, and I'm so blessed to be able to bear witness and hold space for it. I, you can see you can't see the smile on my face if you're listening to this, but it's well, they can they can hear it. They can hear it and they yeah. can feel it. I, I know that for sure. Um yeah, well, all the things that you're saying, I just feel like, you know, it's funny. I have so many conversations with people about, you know, self-development, self-improvement, and the value in it is so high. And, you know, when I've told people about different things that I've done, or even the program that I've done with you, the first question people is ask is, well, but how much did it cost? And I sit back and I say, you know what, I know that that's a relevant question because we all have to be mindful of how and where we're spending our money, right? I understand that. But at the same time, 
we are so willing to spend money on the things that actually help to ruin us. Do you know what I mean? Or that bring us down um, and that don't feed us spiritually, emotionally, mentally. We do all these things because we feel like we should, or we have to, but I would say that there is no, I couldn't even put a price on what it is that you have done to help me and that I will carry this with me. And I carry it with me now into the places that I go and with the people that I spend time with and how I carry myself, right? And how I've started this podcast where I don't have any scripts. I don't have notes. Generally, I I had a couple of questions I wrote down just in case, but I don't really look at them because this is an authentic space. And I want to show people that when you lean into who you are and you, you, you just embrace who you are and you have all your own answers that this is, that's the result of it. You know, we don't need to have a container. We can just do the things. And if you do it and it doesn't work out, okay, you tried it. Now, what else, what else can you try? Right. How else can you play and have fun with whatever's calling you from inside to go and do that thing? You know, just do the thing. And you've really, really just inspired me. And through the work that I have done with you, I have been able to inspire others. So I just want to say like the work that you're doing is incredible. And I'm so thrilled that you're able to help people with finding uh, or refinding this, you know, childlike self inside of them and letting go of the shit that they've been holding on to, or the, the ideals, ideals, beliefs. Um, it really helps you to challenge yourself. Now, I, I wanted to share with you that there have been a number of times where now that I am, uh, and this is, I think a reality for people is that when you stop paying attention to what is happening on the outside of you, and you start to just listen to what's happening inside of you and you do what feels right for you, there will be people that kind of come out of the woodwork and challenge you, right? Because you're doing things differently. How dare you do things differently? And so I've had people come at me in different ways. And, you know, at first, I think the prior, the the previous version of myself would have responded out of ego and been like, what the hell's wrong with you? Why are you coming at me with this? Why are you doing this to me? Get out of my face, right? Kind of that sort of how I would be feeling about it. And now it's interesting because uh, this has been happening more and the more that I get more comfortable with who I am and what I'm bringing to the world, the more this seems to be drawing the attention of others going like, who, who do you think you are kind of thing, right? And so I've been able to, in the moment, my body can feel it. The energy in my body is responding to whatever it is that the person is saying. But then my heart goes, it's okay. What they say doesn't matter because what you're doing for you is what matters. You can pick up the parts and pieces of what they're saying and go, am I, you know, hurting people? Am I offending someone? How does this look for me? Should I, can I dig a little bit deeper into this? Where is this truly coming from? And I start asking those questions, but instead of now taking it personally, I'm recognizing that it's that I am showing up differently and in showing up differently, it's bringing out a response from people because they're uncomfortable with it because it's different, Right. And then I'm able to hold that space for them now versus before I wouldn't have been able to do that. And I think that's, uh, that's the power of it when you say that, and it sounds so simple, but holding space is, uh, is the power. And it's, it's a very female yin, uh, divine feminine energy. And it's not been acknowledged for the power and importance that it has. But being able to hold space and to recognize, okay, this is something that you're coming in with. I'm not going to take it personally. And because I'm not taking it personally, now we can actually like unpack it a little bit if they're willing to, or, you know, if that's, if that's available, it's not an attachment, but regardless, you're not taking it on as something that you're going to get tangled in and the muddy, the water's going to get muddied thinking that it's yours. So that mm. even just even just being a clear mirror, holding space for that reflection, it you can't really describe it, but it's an entirely different quality of experience. And they feel it. And again, words suck when it comes to describing it because it's indescribable, but it's potent and it has a lot of power to it. And the more you practice it, the more 
uh, comfortable it is in its discomfort because it's always uncomfortable, but it becomes less uncomfortable for you, not necessarily for them, because that's up to them to learn to practice and play with. Right. But I, I say often like there's practice playgrounds everywhere. And if we think of them as practice playgrounds instead of as big struggles or huge challenges, um, then it changes the way that we engage with them as well. It's just so, and it's amazing that when you're, you're right. Cause when you're looking at like a practice, cause at first my body was like, what the fuck is happening? Why is this person bringing this to me? And then I was like, wait a second, this is a practicing opportunity. This is an opportunity to practice in the new space that I'm holding for myself and that I can hold for them. And instead of just like fighting back, I can just accept that, you know, maybe the conversation didn't go anywhere. Maybe they didn't want to see the other side. That's okay. That that's where they're at. Right. That's not about me either. Um, it's just been such a beautiful transition. And not only that, but in my prior experience, that interaction probably would have stayed with me for longer than just that day or, or a couple of hours. Maybe it would have bled into a few days where it really rattled me inside because my head was trying to figure out what happened. And I trying to think about how I'm going to respond. Whereas in that situation, I was able to talk myself down off that ledge. And within an hour, I was like, okay, we're good. It's not mine. Let's move on. You know? Well, and that's, that's the difference too, is that you actually, um, you didn't question yourself right? You didn't think I'm in the wrong. That must've been something I did wrong. There's something wrong with me. And that was the word wrong, bad, right? Like that self-shame and judgment and criticism and guilt, all of those things are so um, contracting. They, they do. They make it go right into your head and they make you spin. And when you've when you've fully resourced your own heart space, when you actually recognize what's yours and remember the wisdoms in there, you don't have to question yourself. You, you have to look at yourself all the time, right? Go, oh, you know, why is it I'm doing this thing? Um, but not a, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with me. I'm broken. Uh, why did I respond that way? It's like, oh, I responded that way. Huh, what was it that triggered me to respond that way, right? Like my kid just asked if they could have a chocolate bar. I didn't need to scream at them and tell them that they never eat good food when that's obviously not true. <laughs> but what was it that was triggered in me leading up to that? Oh, it was the argument that I had with their dad, right? It's like, oh, so like the looking at it and questioning yourself as to like lovingly, compassionately questioning yourself versus thinking, <gasps> Oh my God, there's something wrong with me. I'm broken. There's something bad. Like criticizing, judging self is an entirely different piece that needs to be acknowledged that once you've resourced, uh, once you've developed a relationship with your intuition, once you have that um, trusted relationship, you don't question yourself to the same degree. I would say that that's absolutely accurate. Yes. The work that you do is so powerful, Jules. And I know that I could sit and talk with you forever. And we could probably, in fact, I mean, I will definitely be bringing you back in the future uh, to chat with me again here, because I think that there's, there's so much more that we can be talking about. Um, but I really wanted, especially since I had just done this six month container with you and, you know, I am just feeling this incredible self-love in abundance and, I see myself and I see people differently and I'm rolling my way out in the world differently and people are noticing that. And I want to help connect them with how that was possible. And so I would love to sort of end our call by asking you to share with people where they can find you um, and how they can connect with you. If they're interested in doing any of the work that you do or interested in looking into it or chatting with you about what, how you might be able to help them. Mm. I would love to, Christine, and I know that the people this res resonates with, I want to speak directly to you, that um, I am open for a 45-minute free, uh, I call it an intuitive empowerment session, and that is uh, just to discover how we relate together. Not everyone is ready for the degree of transformation that uh, that we jumped into, that you courageously jumped into, Christine, just by following your intuition. Uh, but there are, like, we are waking up, and you can feel it inside of you waking up. Um, 
There are two different programs, uh, very similar, uh, but one program is the Landing Home Program, and that is the program that you are in, and that is for anybody who is fully ready to step into their power, who feels stuck, knows there's something more, and really wants to commit to to discovering that or uncovering that inside of themselves. Uh, and so please reach out to me. My email address is jules at cranial, cranial like the head, waves like the ocean.com. Uh, that is my email, but you can find my website. And I know this is the way of the world. You want to just like check things out and, and uh, you know, feel it out first. And so my Instagram and Facebook is Jules Hair, Jules Hair like a rabbit, uh, shares, Jules Hair shares, uh, that's Facebook and Instagram. And my website, which I just did, which is, you know, you're on there too, Christine, testimonials. Yeah. And I'm super proud of it because it just took a lot of work, but uh, it feels like it's landing really well for a lot of people, is uh, juleshair.ca. So be able to find it, juleshair.ca. Uh, the other program that I'm offering is it's called Landing from Within. Or sorry, my apologies. <laughs> Lots of landing and leading, leading from within. So it's a leadership-based program. And it's specifically you know, knowing that all of this work can lead to our leadership, whether it's uh, a leader as a teacher, a uh, leader as uh, a, a parent, I mean, it's all leadership related, but in case uh, you want it to be covered by your business and corporation, um, et cetera, there is a specific leadership program that here in New Brunswick is actually covered um, so that you can actually get some money back from the government for taking it, which is amazing. Recognizing that that leadership training is so pivotal when it comes to, like you just described, being able to inspire others. As soon as you change the way that you relate with yourself, you relate differently with others. And that translates through everybody that you're leading in whatever way you are leading it. Um, so that is another program that I'm offering. And as well as those big ticket items, uh, there are one-on-one -on -one sessions. We can still do one-on-one -on -one virtually or in person if you're in New Brunswick here, but virtual sessions are just as powerful and uh, easy because we can do them over Zoom just like this. Uh, those are available if, especially if it's just to kind of get a feel for what I do to see if it's a good fit. That's a good way to try it on. Uh, I work with kids and so working with kids, babies, babies are easier in person, but I've done a lot of babies from all over Canada as well, virtually. Um, and that potential of also working with groups. I'm leading a group right now called the Antidote to Hopelessness. And so that is, uh, if you're looking for something that's a lower ticket item, um, but it still involves myself and my, uh, my collaborator, Trish, who is in the UK. And that is a really fun embodiment-based experience. We teach something different every time. It's a one-off. You can go to one and not the other. Uh, we're doing that for about three months. And then there'll be more group programs so that we can access everybody at different levels and stages of where they're at. Uh, my real goal is to step into these, these containers, these six-month containers, as well as groups, so that I can actually directly impact those people who are truly committed to their leadership experience and that could be as a bus driver, that could be as, you know, we're all leaders in our own way. But I realized just lately that the more energy I can put into the people who are deeply committed, the more their energy, just like you were talking about, inspires others to shift and to make that shift in themselves just by being around somebody like that. And like you said, another person who had said, who had done the program had said too, um, I feel light years ahead of where I was six months ago. Mm -hmm. And that was an aha moment for me because if, if I can help somebody to dig into their potential to that degree where they can feel that far ahead on their journey, that means that everybody who comes in contact with them also recognizes that potential in them because they shine that brightly. Yes. And that's, that's what I want to bring to this world. And that's why I want to focus my attention. So committed leaders, 
uh, please reach out and uh, I'm happy to connect. And don't think, I know some people say, oh, I don't want to waste your time because I'm not sure. It's like, if this calls out to you and you are willing to make the commitment, it doesn't have to be right now. And it could be in some completely different way because we have no idea how it's going to look. But even just knowing that it exists uh, shifts everything. Mm, it does. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. And I will take, I will kind of slice that down and put those notes in the show notes. So when you're listening to the podcast, if you want to find all those details, you will find them there. And of course, Jules, I'll be sharing this through socials as well. So people can connect uh, and reach out to you. And for those of you who are listening, you know, I hope that you'll really consider it because if, I mean, like I said, like Jules said, if it falls to you and if it calls to you, um, there's so much work to be done in this world. And I think that when we can lean into the better version of ourselves and understand ourselves better and do better we help impact the world through that lens and we can it's a it's a ripple effect it'll just keep carrying on so Jules thank you so much for spending this time and this call with me I so have appreciated chatting with you today and I want to throw in one last thing how excited it makes me seeing your you know more evolved self fully step into your power that like, you know, seven months ago or whenever we started our container, like for, for you to be able to reflect back, like how much you've grown. And now you're interviewing me in this dream that you had that is just jumping into the next level. It's like the meta meta excitement all rolled up in one. It's awesome. So thank you so much for having me and thank you everybody for listening. And I look forward to connecting to those who resonate as well. Ah, oh, amazing. So thanks, Jules. And to our listeners, you know, just some ending thoughts on this episode. You know, leaning into ourselves is something that we're not taught. It's something that is not encouraged in, you know, the bigger world out there. But I think that most of you probably like me are wanting to lean into something different because we realize that the things that we've been doing, the way we've been living, and the influences that we've been accepting in our lives are no longer fitting. And we want something new and different. And I'm telling you, this is one of those ways that you can tap into the best version of you and live your life differently. So thank you for being here. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode. I'd like to invite you to hit the subscribe button on this podcast so you'll be notified when the next one drops. And if you like this episode, please leave a review as it will help others to find this message. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at It's Me, Christine D. Or if you'd like to connect about being a guest on the show or talk to me about speaking engagements, please visit It's Me, Christine D. Thank you again, and I'll see you next time.